So, yeah. my name is Brian, and we are back. Yes, we had one week gone, but that's all right. We're back yes. on schedule. We are back on schedule, guys, mm-hmm. and this one's going to be a juicy one. Absolutely. We're excited to talk to you decade by decade relating our spiritual lives through Christ. Yes, and before we jump in, Andrew, I want to get your opinion okay. on something. All right. Are you big into sports? I love sports. You love sports, mm-hmm. so you know who Tom Brady is. is. Uh, let me rack my brain. Yes, I know him. Okay, good. <laughs> I was sweating there a little bit. I was like, this guy doesn't know who Tom Brady is? That's a crazy. sad excuse for a sports sad. enthusiast. It is. He retired after 22 years being in the league. He had seven Super Bowls, ten Super Bowl appearances, and I think four Super Bowl MP- MVPs. Wow. That is incredible. 44 years old. Wow. At age 44, he's accomplished all yeah. that. That's incredible. That is insane, and that is the definition of greatest of all time quarterbacks. I was ever. thinking that pretty much solidifies him as top. Yes. I, mean, I, I don't know of anybody else who has no. matched any of those records. No. That's pretty amazing. And he's the only quarterback in the league to win a Super Bowl on two different teams. Really? Yes. Wow. That's amazing. I so, remember watching it last year and thinking to myself, that's yeah. amazing that he just comes in and the whole team changed. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember the last time that the Tampa Bay was even in the Super Bowl. Yeah, neither I do mean, I. I. It must have been years ago. So mm-hmm. to watch that is amazing. Yeah. I mean, there. just crazy how yeah. he did that. Oh, well, it was incredible. Do you have a prediction for who's going to win the Super Bowl? So Joe Burrow... Mm-hmm. This is his first year in the league, and he's done an incredible job. Yeah. He's with the Bengals. They're, they did an amazing job against the Chiefs. They outscored them barely. They kicked a field goal, I think, to win the game in overtime. Mm-hmm. But Patrick Mahomes, you're going up against like a top veteran yeah. in the league, one of the, good, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, um, and no doubt now, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the league, and Matthew Stafford. Yeah. who, after 13 seasons of being in the league, is now going to his first Super Bowl. Yeah. And I'm so excited for him. Isn't that amazing? He's so happy. <laughs> I might cry. Um, Shed a holy tear. <laughs> I just wiped my tear with a tissue. <laughs> we just shed one for the giver. <laughs> I'm going to shed 13 tears for how many years he didn't go to the Super Bowl. Um, Let's count them. One. <laughs> um, so, personal opinion, I do think the Rams are going to win. I think so, too. Uh, just because their offense is so much more dominant than mm-hmm. the Bengals, but their defense is so much better as well than the Bengals. Yeah. I think they just outmatch them entirely, but do not count them out. Do not count out the Bengals. They can do some serious damage, and Absolutely. Joe Burrow has a lot of old team- teammates actually on the Bengals team. Yeah. And so it's like really cool to see that. Um, there was actually a picture posted on ESPN on their Instagram page, and it was Joe Burrow being held up by one of his linemen. Oh, really? After they won the national championship against Alabama, and then it's the same. It's the same picture, but they're both uh, playing for the Cincinnati Bengals, holding up after winning the AFC championship. And wow. I was like, this that's so cool. That's fantastic. So, um, who was that? Yeah, and he's got another receiver, I believe, who's also on LSU, Jamar Chase, who's a animal on the field. Yeah. Uh, so he's really good. But yeah, I prediction the Rams, but I think it could be, it could very well be a close game. Yeah. Well, I know the last time they played, I'm, I mean, we just looked this up. It was 1989 was the second time since was the last time Cincinnati was even there. So wow. that's pretty amazing. That yeah. 
you know, it's been that long yeah. since they've had this opportunity. So I hope that they don't blow it. I yeah. personally am voting for the Ram- for the Rams, but uh, yeah. you know, it could be anyone's game, yeah. as you said. If you are uh, not a, if you are a native of Michigan, <laughs> or if you live in Michigan and have lived here for the past thirteen years of your life, if you don't want Matthew Stafford to win, we will pray for you. Because you, yeah, yeah, you seriously need some prayer because, my goodness, Matthew Stafford deserves this. That's right. He's been he waiting does. long enough. Yes, and he's finally got put on a team that can do it, and yeah. he's doing it. That's right. Um, so he's going to the Super Bowl, and he's going to win. I hope so. I really do hope so. The Rams, the last time they played, was in 2000, so they're yes. not really doing a whole lot better. So it's been it's, it's been 22 years. Mm-hmm. It's 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 time for their you know yeah it's time for their step up victory yeah I think. the Lions have never been to a Super Bowl <laughs> <laughs> they are the most losingest team actually ever. that's not true I think the Browns are the Browns are even worse the Browns the Browns and okay so here's a fun stat the Browns uh-huh. and the Lions are the only two teams in NFL history to go with lose like to go with no wins during a season. Oh, it's not just the Lions. The Browns, too. Yeah, huh? the Browns suck, but they're better wow. than the Lions this year. Uh, they just overall have a better team. But uh, the Lions have gone 0-16, and the Browns have gone 0-16. And no other football team has ever done that. Oh, my word. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good grief. Let's see. Interesting here. Cleveland Browns. Oh, right. here's an interesting little thing for you. All right, I just happened to pull this up. Interesting this facts is the Andrew, part one. Attention, everyone. Just for your public information, this is the best win-loss record in the division. So apparently the most wins done by a team is the Green Bay Packers. They have won... They have played... uh, Let's see. Since 1921. Hmm. And they have won 782 games, and they have actually lost 581 games. Wow, that's... That's really impressive, but also really shocking. Yeah, they only have they only win point five seven two percent of the time. Hmm. So they have the highest score, and that that is not really good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, when you really not... consider it, I mean, it's yeah. like, huh? Like really? It's like two. It's a two hundred game difference. Yeah. This is uh yeah that is true, and it's it's kind of funny whenever you do compare because some teams just because they've been around for so much longer. Yeah. I mean, when like the uh, the Chicago Bears nineteen twenty. And they've been around, but they play, they place fourth, but they've actually played more games. So it's kind of funny how they have to rank it because some teams like, uh, okay, let's see, where's a more modern one? Okay, here's one: the Seattle Seahawks. They've been around since '76. Wow. And so they they place fifteenth, but they've only played a total of 725 games. Yeah, it all depends on so, like who makes the playoffs and stuff, though. Because if you yeah. make the playoffs, you get more games out of the season. Yeah. And if you win in those playoffs, you ultimately get you ultimately earn more games so mm-hmm. the Steelers I'm sure are up there yeah they have they have a lot of Super Bowls so can you tell me just for, just for curiosity who you think is the newest NFL team newest mm-hmm. what is the newest NFL team who um you think it is I know the Browns have been a lot have been around for a really long time so it's not them mm-hmm. uh if I had to guess it would probably be either Jacksonville or I'm gonna say Jacksonville or what's the team? Oh my goodness, I'm blanking on this team's name. 
I can't remember. I'm just going to go with Jacksonville. The Jaguars? Yeah. It's actually the Houston Texans. Texans. Yeah. And they were 2002. Wow. So they're actually 20 years old this year. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. That's wild. It's like some teams are actually 102 years old this year. Wow. The Arizona Arizona Cardinals, they've been around since 1920. What about the Jaguars? Oh, uh, the Jaguars. Uh... Oh, here's the Cleveland Browns. Just that I've just so I found them. So they, <laughs> wow, you are absolutely dead right. So they have played a total of one thousand nineteen games, wow. and they've only won nine. I'm sorry, four hundred and ninety four of them. <laughs> <laughs> they've lost over a hundred games more than they've actually won. That's terrible. And they've been around since nineteen fifty. Wow. I'm sorry. So what was the other one you wanted to Jacksonville know? Jaguars. The Jaguars. Uh, let's see. I would just also like to let the listeners know that we are doing this on the fly. Like, oh, we yeah. did not plan this at all. Yeah. Okay, so the Jaguars, they've been around since 95. Oh, okay, they, yeah, so that's close. Yeah. It's close. And they have played grand total 433 games, and they've only won 180 of them. Yeah, they're not very good. Yeah. They've really never ever been good. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, yeah. It's bad. Yeah. So... Rams. We think the Rams are probably going we to We think the Rams are going to win. Uh, challenge to our listeners. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this podcast yeah. right now, I want you to comment down below who is going to win the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and I want you to comment the score as well. Ooh. The close, So if you get the winner right and the person with the closest score prediction, you will get a shout-out, and maybe if Andrew and I are feeling a little generous, oh. we might throw in a little gift. I think that we could probably we do could that. We could probably do that. I think we probably could. It would probably be a $10 Chick-fil-A gift card, but... Also, no Never cheating. Know. The deadline is basically before kickoff of the Super Bowl. So, we will be looking through the comments. We will be checking. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but if you post it after kickoff, then it doesn't count. Mm-hmm. And you are automatically disqualified. So, no cheating. Cheating is wrong. Mm-hmm. It is a sin. That's right. But Jesus forgives you. That's right. So. Because the song should be playing through your head. You always know that Jesus is watching you. <laughs> <laughs> this is so funny. I love it. <laughs> oh my that was amazing. <laughs> Copyright Andrew McClure. <laughs> yes. I love it. It's ours now. <laughs> get royalties on it every time it's played <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> oh, or there's a song it's like revelation revelation liars go to hell liars go to hell burn 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 burn, burn. <laughs> it's like so oh dark <laughs> it's just like a very dark turn my english teacher used to sing that to us like when what? when she thought one of us was lying she was like Revelation, revelation, liars go to hell, liars go to hell. Oh, for sakes. It's like scarring as a child. (laughs) And then it goes, burn, burn, burn. (laughs) All the children in the class just stand up pointing you. pull out their signs and be keeping under their seats this whole time. <laughs> They're just decorated with flames. Liar. Exactly. <laughs> like the tiny little kid in the back with giant glasses goes, you will burn. 
And I was like, what happened? Jimmy! What? Help me. I'm falling. <laughs> <laughs> I fell from grace. <laughs> Where did this kid come from? His English teacher. <laughs> the, the, the cavern just opens up underneath your seat and you just plummet down. <laughs> no! It's so it's bad. like laying on the bottom. Where am I? You are in Mathel. <laughs> the seventh layer! No, it's the seven to the ninth power! No! What's the hypotenuse? You don't get it in three seconds, you lose. <laughs> That's the worst hell I could have possibly imagine. You have to solve math problems as people are staying around you, oh. staring at you, waiting. Oh, that's waiting. So, that's so waiting. funny. Well, what's your answer? <laughs> you gotta answer. It's why it's dripping down your forehead. Oh, dear God. I don't know. It's hot in here. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Get him out of here. <laughs> Throw him in the dungeons. It gets worse. <laughs> it's like, What? <laughs> You must sharpen pencils for all the other students down here. <laughs> Detention. <laughs> Next one, you get expelled. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. Oh, that's so funny. That's so bad, though. I love that. We have to keep a lot of that. That is hilarious. Oh, that's hilarious. That's some good stuff. <laughs> uh, oh, I love the rawness. Yeah, that's so good. Oh, that's so good. This is out for the soul, everyone. This is great. Do you feel healed? Do you feel healed? Do you feel scarred from your math class? Well, come to Aloe for the soul. Exactly. You find freedom and release. You know, Aloe cures burns. It's really good for sunburn, but I don't know about some fire. Maybe some math in there. Burn. What would it look like? A triangle? <laughs> Pi? <laughs> Some kind of quadratic equation? So when I, when I when I lived in Alaska, I worked for Fred Meyer, and the, they had Meyer in Alaska. Well, this is the thing: they had a company. It was owned by Kroger, and the guy who started it happened to have the exact same name as the person here. No relation, nothing oh. to do with each other. Wow. Yeah, it was a random, random thing. That's crazy. But because I was like, oh, I wanted to know about this, so I looked it up online. I was like, yeah, they have nothing to do with each other. But anyway, they hired me as a cashier, and I, I panicked the first day that I was going to like check out someone, <laughs> and so the person came through and like paid me in cash, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, whatever, I got this. I reached over and I could not remember which button to press to give me the total. And so I literally just had to do it on a piece of paper. <laughs> I just was like, if you'll excuse me for one second, turn around and frantically scroll, 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 scroll. 900 minus 643 cents. It was like, turn quick, All righty, sir, your total will be $68.04. He looked at me like I had lost my mind. He's oh, like, what are you doing? That's so, that's so funny. I was so embarrassed. I was like, I can't. Stupid button. Which button is it to tell you the total? I worked in a grocery store for like three months and uh, I hated it. Oh, yeah. I bagged people's groceries and then I would take it out. And I got tips though. Oh, okay. so it was like really nice, but nice. it was so bad. I got paid seven forty-five an hour. I worked. Yeah, I worked after school, uh-huh. and I quit because I had, like the way you put in like. 
a day off or like requested a day off was on a sheet of paper okay. and you slide it in an envelope and then they'll read it and like they'll take the envelope and like mark you off on the schedule as like you're not working that day. So I put on two weeks before. In high school baseball, you pretty much automatically make districts. Um, and so we, my baseball team made districts. Okay. And so I like knew we were going to make districts because we literally only needed to win one more game, and one of the games was going to be so easy. So I was like, we we literally made districts. Mm-hmm. So we made districts, and I wrote down two weeks before, hey, I have a districts baseball game on Saturday, like two weeks, okay. two weeks on a Saturday, mm-hmm. and I put it in the envelope. So they got it, they did, and so two weeks goes by, and. On Saturday, I had my district game, and mid-game, I get a phone call. My dad has my phone, because at the time, I didn't need it in the, in the dugout, and we were it's in the middle of the game. Why would I have my phone? Right. Anyway, so my dad's like, hey, Brian, work is calling you. Like, he comes up to the side of the dugout, and he's like, hey, Brian, it's your job. And I was like, why are they calling me right now? So I pick up the phone, and my manager is like, hey, why aren't you at work right now? And I was like, um, I put in two weeks ago that I have a district baseball game, and it got approved. And so she was like, um, I didn't approve this. Well, I was like, it got approved. Mm-hmm. I got a baseball game. I told you guys, like, even in the interview, I was like, I told you, sports are my priority. Like, school sports are priority over work. Yeah. Because I think I'm a freshman at the time. Mm-hmm. And so the lady goes, oh, here it is. It's on the top of their filing cabinet. She didn't She didn't know. Wow. Okay. That's weird. And so I was like, okay, so what does that mean? She's like, oh, you get a mark. Like, that's a, or like, that's a warning. What? I was like, a excuse warning? me. I was like, hold on a sec. <laughs> I get a warning? Mm-hmm. And so we ended up actually winning the baseball game. Yeah. So that means we have another game next week, Saturday. And and I had also wrote on the note, if I win, I need that Saturday off. Hmm. So then I called them after the game. I was like, hey, we just won our baseball game, and I have to be to the next one, which is next week, Saturday. And she was like, yeah, well, if you don't show up, you're fired. And so over the phone, I was like, okay, well, then I quit. And I hung up. Wow. And so then that next Monday, I went into work, I gave them my pin, and I said, here you go, and I walked out of the building. And <laughs> Great, man, it was so crazy. bad. And what? like working there, you got you got two 15-minute breaks, because I was a minor at the time, so I got two 15-minute breaks, okay. and I got a half-hour lunch. Wow. So I would use my tip money as my lunch food. <laughs> <laughs> because I would essentially have to like pack two lunches during like the school week uh-huh. to get like to m- make sure I had dinner and sometimes I did sometimes I didn't I just really didn't have time so uh, I would like buy my lunch there but I got like no discounts like not a dime or a dollar off my word wow and I was like this is so ridiculous right it's like you're having a job to basically lose all your money to pay for your lunch and yeah. you go back to your job again. Exactly. That's crazy. It was just, wow. it was so stupid, but the way they handled, like, my situation where I told them, I even, like, I told them in the interview, I was like, I have baseball. 
Yeah. So baseball is going to take priority over work, mm-hmm. but I'm going to let you know when I have games, and then when it comes to playoffs, I'm going to need you guys to be really flexible. And the lady was like, oh yeah, we do that all the time with the students at Forest Hills, because I worked at Forest Hills Foods, that's the name of this place. So she was like, yeah, we can totally do that. No. They completely lied to me. And I'm a 14-year-old kid working at his first job outside of home. Right. And I was like, 14 years yeah, I was like, this is ridiculous. Wow. Like, absolutely ridiculous. And I was like, forget this. I quit after three months. And I was like, you know how much money I made? I don't even think I made $300 working there. Wow. For three months? Yeah. That's it? Yeah. Goodness. You got paid bi-weekly. I was part-time because I'm a minor, so I had to go to school. So, like, I understand why I wasn't getting great hours. But I didn't even make $300 from working there. My word, that's crazy. It's, it was so it's stupid. So. Wow. Terrible. That's wild. So do you want to get into the... Yeah, let's let's jump into... right in to, from our grocery stories and our football and I don't know what the heck happened over the past 20 minutes. <laughs> Time to bag up this topic. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's pack up, move a little bit, and now we're going to like... Time to get out your notebooks, guys. What I wanted to talk to you about tonight mm-hmm. was relationship, like what relationship with Christ looks like. Yeah. But from a personal level. So like our relationships with the Lord don't have to look anything like yours do because yeah. it's not supposed to be that way. Mm-hmm. But we're going to take it, this was actually Andrew's idea, we're going to take it from a century. So when we, we're both in our 20s, I actually just turned 20. He's 24. Mm-hmm. 24. So, um... It's we're gonna take 84 it. years. <laughs> we're gonna take Sorry. it by century. So, when like from our first ten years of life to our ten years after. Mm-hmm. So not century, but it will be within the century. So decade by decade. There we go. Oh. Idiots. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> I'm not an idiot. I'm loved by the Lord. That's right. Exactly. Um, I can even say it. three put-ups. Exactly. <laughs> not gonna do that. Um, so Andrew, in your first 10 years of life, like, oh, could oh, you, first. Okay. yeah, oh could goodness. you briefly like explain what relationship with the Lord was like taught to you? Cause especially at a young age, it's normally like taught like what it's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And then after that you build into it. Okay. So what were you taught at a young age relationship with the Lord is supposed to look like? Okay. Um, well, fortunately, ever since I was very small, I've always been blessed to live in a Christian household, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then um, both my mom and my dad are from heavily Christian-influenced backgrounds, so that's obviously another blessing on top of that. Um, I would say that from when I was very small, among the first books I remember reading are the Bible, um, stories about missionaries, things like that. And I felt like I always looked it up to and admired people who spoke with God as if they were talking to somebody in the room that somebody that was not distant or far, but somebody that you could talk to anytime you wanted. It has always been encouraged to me to speak to him uh, and believe and to know that he's listening. And so that nothing you say is ever in vain or just out to the atmosphere, but it's spoken mm. to a person. You know, it's mm. to, well, not a person, but to an individual that cares and who listens to you. Yeah. And so whenever I was very small, I grew this, you know, very fascinated and became heavily involved in church and uh, wanted to speak to God directly. I remember I was very small, uh, probably seven or eight, and I was in my room, actually. And this is, so as you know, I lived in Missouri, and then mm-hmm. I moved to Alaska. So this is back when I was in Missouri. We lived on a okay. street called Bluebird Drive. 
and I remember this house very distinctly, even though it was very small. Um, so I was sitting in my room on my bed, and I was actually reading. So I had this uh, little Bible that was um, kind of sort of converted into this beautiful, it was incredibly thick, but this artist had come through and drawn paintings of what he imagined characters to look mm. like, and it was beautiful work. And so then the scripture was then printed on the other page, so you can like go back and forth, you know. So it was obviously a very large book. So I, was, I remember sitting there on my bed reading this Bible and hearing Andrew. So I got off the bed and walked into the other room, and I was like, yeah, Mama, what, what do you want? And she was in the kitchen cooking, she said, I didn't, I didn't say anything, you can go back to doing whatever you're doing. What are you doing? And I said, I was just reading the Bible. And she's like, oh, okay, just go back in there and do whatever you want. They'll be ready in a little while. So I was like, okay. So I walked back in and sat down on the bed and kept reading. And I just heard, Andrew. And I was like, why does she keep calling me? So I went in there and asked her again. And I was like, yes, do you need anything? And she was like, no, I didn't call you. I think that's God talking to you. I was like, oh. So I walked back in there and just started talking and praying, you know. I love how your mom just blatantly goes, that's the Lord talking to you, Andrew. Like, go back to your room. Sort it out with him, because exactly. I'm not talking to you. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like, awesome. it's not me. So, uh, and at that time, I don't remember the story of uh, Samuel and Eli. So, uh, after, you know, after that happened, then learning the story of God talking to Samuel and him waking up and they're like, oh, yeah, look. You know, and he basically did the same thing. So it was just such an amazing image of how my mom knew the story, but she didn't have to tell me. She just wanted yeah. me to live it, and yeah. what, and I remember that you know for the rest of my life, like hearing an audible voice talk mm. to me like that. That's incredible. Mm. And I was like, what an honor that was to experience that. Wow. And so I've always believed that you know God freely talks to people and uh, and wants to communicate with you. Mm. And so that's kind of the relationship between me and, and Jesus. I have to say, though, that one thing that I was not very good at and uh, that I've only recently begun to really understand more is relating. I've always kind of viewed the Trinity, and I think that I was wrong for doing this because what I used to do when I was small was I imagined that it was God, like this massive, all-powerful being, you know, that was unattainable and unimaginable, and that's God. And then his son, Jesus, a representation of his love for us in human form, a part of God, a segment of him, you know, and an, an individual being came down to rescue us. So I kind of felt like, when I was very small, I viewed God as <laughs> this, like, amazing being, and then Jesus was more relatable, and he was more the person who I would speak to freely, because I felt like Jesus understands what it's like to be a human. So he understands the human side. So when I would yeah. sin or when I would struggle, I felt like I could tell him, like, you remember being tempted and you remember what it feels like to have that weight around you. And you know what it feels like to, to be in pain and you know what it feels like to experience all these things. So have compassion on me, forgive me, and, mm -hmm. you know, teach me how to be a better man. But I, I did not view the Holy Spirit as easy to talk to. I did not talk to the Holy Spirit because I viewed the Holy Spirit almost like he was some, um, I don't even know, some shadowy mystical form that I did not understand. And so I would worship in church, and I would pray, and I would sing, and I would read all this stuff. And I would have ideas come to me, but I did not understand that that was the Holy Spirit. And I did not understand how to talk to the Holy Spirit. And so when I later began to understand that, it was a very profound moment. But when I was younger, I didn't. 
And so one thing that I want to do differently with my children, whenever I have children and get married, is I want to teach them how to talk to all three, God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because I felt like I missed out on that. Mm. I didn't I, I didn't have a grasp on what that means and the opportunities that the Holy Spirit was freely offering me mm. um, to experience uh, healing, for example, or um, visions, or uh, maybe, I don't want to say magical, but that's kind of the word that comes to my mind. It's like it's a it's a supernatural moment. Yeah. And it's in it can happen to you and I did not an impossible moment. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All those things. Kinda of like what we were talking about previously in the mm-hmm. other episode, but that is not that was not a part of my life. I did mm. not see miracles. I did not see all of that stuff. Mm. And um I wish that I I wish that I did that differently. I kind of regret that. Mm. Um, I'm thankful for what I did have. I mean, my word, so few people have what I have, so I'm not complaining by any means. But I do wish that I had spent more time thinking about what is the Holy Spirit? What does that mean? Mm. And, and you can talk to him just like you do God and Jesus. You mm. don't have to speak to him differently. He's not some kind of standoffish being yeah. who's waiting for you to um, perform high enough so that you can understand him. Yeah. You know what? That, and me talking, maybe that just kind of opened up my mind to this new thing about myself that I didn't realize before, but that maybe that was what I was doing. I was thinking that Jesus was the compassionate one, God was the judge, and then the Holy Spirit was waiting until I reached a certain level. And once you become a good enough, then you receive the Holy Spirit. And that is not what happened. No. I mean, that is not scripturally based at all. And no. I just feel like I, I didn't consider myself worthy to attain the Holy Spirit, and so I never did. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's kind of my first 10 years, and that's pretty much what it was. I was about I was about 12 when we went to Alaska, and then that's when things changed. Hmm. So, yeah, for about, for about the first 10 years, it was very um, matter-of-fact and simple. A hmm. very simple view of God. Yeah. I, I'm curious to know about your first 10 years. Do you remember what that was like? My first 10 years were, uh, I think I was, so I grew up just, not just like you, but I grew up in a Christian home where I was so blessed to have Christian parents who loved the Lord and had relationship with the Lord. Um, and they, we went to church every Sunday, twice on a Sunday. It was something my parents did and they thought was right and was biblical and uh we just we were kids so what are we gonna do yeah. but i don't want to go <laughs> like you have to um but i always like as a kid loved going to church uh i would get to like dress up and i would have like, most of the time i would wear dress pants and a tie and a button down sometimes i'd throw in a suit coat mm-hmm. and strut in there but get all fancy. <laughs> um, but as far as like relationship with the Lord, I always I was obsessed with devotionals. Hmm. Like I always wanted like this devotional book uh-huh. and like Bibles and yeah. like different cool kinds of Bibles mm-hmm. that I like get to read and stuff. So like yeah. I, I like well, as a child had that childlike faith mm-hmm. and. Yeah. So, but then as I got older, um, I'm a quick, I'm a quick learner. So, I started to think that I could do things on my own, 
and live the way that I wanted to. And so when I was around 10 years old was when I like really started to do that and was when I kind of faded away from like, I don't want to wear this to church. Like, I just want to, I just want to be comfortable and like, and when you go into church, like you're going into the Lord's house and like were to be presentable. Like when you go into someone's house, you don't go in looking like a slob. Yeah. Like if you're homeless, okay, different story. But <laughs> you get a pass. Yeah, you get a pass. But like, you don't come into church looking like you just woke up out of bed. Right. Like you come presentable. Yeah. You don't look like a bum. Uh, and nothing to say like God judges you for the way you dress when you come to church. Like mm-hmm. that's not what I'm saying. Right. But it's the respectful thing to do. Right. That's what my parents tried to teach us was like, you dress respectfully going into the house of the Lord because you're going into His presence. Right. And so I was like, I want to wear shorts, I want to wear a t-shirt, like, and tennis shoes, and like, just let me roam free. Mm-hmm. And so my parents never let me did, or never let me do that. Uh, and that always just really bugged me, and I didn't like that. And, but as a kid, like, my first 10 years was like, I love Jesus, like, who made me? God made me. Like, Jesus is my Savior. But the Holy Spirit, I was never taught this. And I don't think it's because my parents neglected to tell me or that they never did. I just don't think I paid any attention to it. Mm. I never viewed the Holy Spirit as a resource, Mm. as like a source of help. I always viewed him as something that existed but and still existed but never like worked within people's lives anymore. He was sort of how I viewed it. Yeah, he was just like a background player. Yeah. Yeah, he was just behind the scenes working the curtains and just like, here you go, it's open now, do whatever you want. No, he like actually guides people and like is a resource that we can use and lives inside of us. But I didn't know that. I know it was never taught that in church and the church never really preached on it. Mm -hmm. Unless I just didn't pay attention and never noticed it. And like reading the stories of how the Holy Spirit like descended on Jesus like a dove and then when the uh, when the disciples got baptized in the Holy Spirit and like the Holy Spirit fell upon them and they started speaking in tongues performing miracles and uh, all these different things like that was so cool I was like wow that's awesome and it's like no well he doesn't do that anymore mm-hmm. which is not true yeah. um, so like my view of the Holy Spirit was really tainted and I always viewed Jesus as just my savior and that was it like and then God like you said this all powerful being who judges the world and controls the world mm-hmm. which he does but he's so much more than that right. but that's something that you yourself have to discover and so yeah my and when I was around 10 or 12 years old was when I discovered pornography and I actually just kind of completely fell off and I was like I want nothing to do with Christianity and mm-hmm. but I'm just going to put on this show that I do and that I've got, like, my life figured out as a 12-year-old. <laughs> it was just a really stupid idea. Don't do that. Um, or if you had done that, the, the Jesus still loves you, and he doesn't He doesn't see you by your past. So, uh, but that's, like, how I've always viewed, as a kid, that's how I viewed relationship with Jesus, was your devotions with him before and after you go to bed, praying with him before and after you go to or before you go to bed and when you wake up in the morning before you eat your meals and stuff like that mm. and uh, going to church on Sundays twice a Sunday I always thought the people who didn't go to church on Sunday twice were like you people are evil wow. and I, <laughs> that's like the thought in my head cause, yeah. and my parents didn't teach me that I just thought that mm. because 
that's what I that was my perception of it yeah. like if you don't go to church on Sunday you weren't if you didn't go to church on Sunday twice a Sunday you weren't a real Christian and uh, and if you went out on went out to eat on Sundays like to me that was unheard of and my parents still don't like going out to eat on Sundays uh, they like strictly view it as like it's a day of rest it's a day that we are to keep sacred and holy and to not work on mm. and so my dad feels convicted when he goes like if he goes out if he's gone out to eat on a Sunday he's making people work for his food when he can oh, go home and prepare it himself mm-hmm. which is it's different views and I respect his view and I understand it but uh, mine is not the same I go out to eat on Sundays and it I don't think the Lord is like, you people, you Christians that go out to eat on Sunday, you you have a lesser place in my house. Like, no, 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 that's yeah. not how it works. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's that's just something my parents believe and they don't do it, and I respect that. And uh, So what church did you go to? You, you've mentioned before that it was a, kind of like a more traditional church. Yeah, like? so I've gone to now three different churches. Uh-huh. I grew up Reformed Baptist, and I still, like, those are still some of my core beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and the difference between Reformed Baptist and Baptist is a little different. I'm actually not sure of like the specifics, but I can tell you Reformed Baptist is Christianity is accepting the Lord as your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and then you are baptized when you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is no child baptisms, but there are child dedication, like what Res calls child dedication services. Uh-huh. But they do that, like I think, at the beginning of the service where... The pastors pray over the child and pray over the parents that yeah. they would guide and lead their children in the way of the Lord, um, which I always thought was like a more biblical, uh, like more New Testament biblical approach and just biblical in general approach to when you are a child because you don't fully understand yet like who Jesus really is and, yeah. and who God is. Yeah. Because you're just a you're a child, but that's also why Jesus wants us to have childlike faith. Because sometimes you just have to stop asking questions and just be faithful and follow him and just be interested in what he has to say. Right. But also oh, good. having an understanding of like, okay, the Holy Spirit is here for a certain reason, mm-hmm. and Jesus is so much more than just my Savior. He is my friend. He is Lord of my life. He is. He guides my life, and God is like this awesome father who cares and looks after and protects me yeah so that's how i've always viewed that and then when you actually firmly believe that getting baptized and saying yeah i'm going to publicly say that like i believe that my sins are washed clean Mm -hmm. not to say that baptism is like okay now i'm perfect bye like i'm gonna go do whatever the heck i want right no that's not what it is it's a symbol and it's why it's, it's a sacrament so uh i just thought that then we switched churches because the church we went out to, the Reformed Baptist Church, was in Holland. Okay. So it was an hour drive for us. We did that for seven years. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Wow. So it doesn't it's, it doesn't seem like a really long time, but it's a long time. And we would actually stay out there um, and go to different people's houses for lunch. Like we had really good friends at the church, which we are still good friends with. We would have lunch with them, and uh, my parents would take a nap, and some of those kids would take a nap, or we. We'd go play, play games or something like that, go in the pool in the summertime. And then after seven years of going there, we switched over to, it's called Redeemer OPC, which is an ADA. Okay. And OPC stands for Orthodox Presbyterian Church. Oh, okay. 
So it's more along the lines of pedo baptism is there like that's what differentiates them from Reformed Baptists or Baptists. So they believe like children can be baptized and it's like a substitute for circumcision is like what the belief is. Oh, okay. Which doesn't make any sense because it's like pedo baptism isn't actually biblical. Mm-hmm. Like in technicality, they just substitute for circumcision. So um I never really understood, like, why, and my parents, that was, like, the biggest issue that they had going into that church was, like, okay, they don't believe in, and I'm not saying one is right and one is wrong. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying from a biblical standpoint, I don't understand the pedo baptist portion. Uh, if you know information about that, let us know. But yeah, um, I've never heard of that personally, so that'd be interesting. Really, to hear pedo baptism? You never yeah, heard of it? I've never heard that yeah, term it's, before. It's child baptisms. Yeah. So I, when you're a baby, huh. after baptism. Yeah, it's after the amount of time that you had to wait for circumcisions. Uh-huh. I think it was how long was it? Like three weeks or something, something like that. that. Yeah, something like that. And then they would be baptized. Okay. So it was so interesting. And they would read from this book and like, they were reading from the book. They actually weren't reading from the Bible. Really? Like, as they did this. Yeah. And it was so interesting. And like at my old church in Har- Harbor Reformed Baptist, the one out in Holland, they would actually give the opportunity to the person who was getting baptized to actually share their testimony and like why they're getting baptized. Oh wow, that's nice. Yeah, that's so it was like really cool. Yeah. And then you go to this church, Redeemer, which is a great church. They have great pastors and great people there. It's a small church where it's like, hey, we have a child, we want them to be baptized. And it's like, it's ultimately a child dedication with a little sprinkle. Hmm. And baptism actually means submersion of water. Mm-hmm. They don't submerge the baby in water. They just sprinkle it. Salt. Like the salt bay. <laughs> this is actually salt baby. <laughs> so it was interesting. Here's or like huh. rub it on their head or like, where do they get that from? Yeah. And where where does it tie in with the Bible? Like now. My dad actually considered being an elder there and they wouldn't let him because they uh because his beliefs didn't line up with the church's beliefs. Hmm. Um, which I respect that. Like yeah, if you're gonna have sense. someone who's a leader in the church, like and they don't have the same core beliefs that you do, mm-hmm. yeah, it make, it makes sense. And I, I don't condone like I don't, uh, I don't condemn them or like, and my dad wasn't angry at them. They actually let him be a Sunday school teacher and he loves doing that. So it's awesome. Oh, that's good. But, uh, and now going to res, they kind of follow, follow more of the reformed Baptist, uh, values. So, yeah. That's very cool. So when, okay, so you're around 10 or so, and then you kind of begin this change of like, you're trying to find your own way and Mm -hmm. you're trying to do your own thing. So how did your relationship with Jesus change throughout that time? Like from then till now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure this is going to be like the more complicated portion of the story. Yeah, because this, it's like, this would be like the nice crazy transformation part. Yeah. So literally all throughout like 10 to pretty much 19 years old, mm-hmm. I lived the life of the world. Okay. Um, I lied. I watched porn uh i was a bully and i really didn't care about having my relationship with jesus my parents would ask me sometimes on saturdays like hey did you do your devotions this morning and i was like yeah i did but i would be lying to them and so i would put on this fake persona of like i'm this good christian kid 
but behind the scenes I wasn't and uh, I just thought nothing of it I was like eh, it's fine uh, I think I'm a Christian I know Jesus is like mine was I know Jesus is real and I know God is real so that's enough so it was like really tainted wow. and uh, it had nothing to do with my parents they raised me they did an amazing job raising me but when it actually boiled down to college me going into college and like all throughout high school I was this jock who di I really didn't care about like what people thought of me but uh, I was just this jock who didn't care about anybody but my friends myself and uh, like if I wasn't friends with you you weren't cool or whatever it was um, I played sports and I had this like high status profile at the school yeah. and uh, when I got into college was that's when like things started to really really get rocky mm -hmm. um, I was trying to hook up with people I was getting drunk on the weekends I was smoking weed um, I was vaping and I was actually doing that all throughout high school but uh, it got like severely worse in college because I found this like newfound freedom and <laughs> So actually I was being enslaved to the world. So uh, that's a lie that the world will tell you. It's like, if you follow Christianity, you won't ever be free. And it's actually not true. You actually are free when you are a Christian and you are a slave when you are not. Uh, so don't believe that lie. Yeah. Maybe in a different episode we can get deeper into that. But when I was at a party the weekend after my birthday, yeah, the weekend after my birthday, I got so drunk like I almost blacked out and my friend actually had to put me in my bed <laughs> because I was like being an it I was literally being an idiot um and so but I was walking around with a drink in my hand stumbling fumbling my words and was like I'm lonely and like I'll always be alone and no one's there for, like blabbering on and on and on and at that point, I knew I had hit rock bottom. I was like, I have nothing left in my life. I wasn't contemplating my life. Like, I never have ever wanted to take my own life. Um, and to, like, people who actually struggle with that, like, I will pray for you. And, like, that's something that's actually serious and you should really seek the Lord for. Um, but for me personally, I never struggled with that. And I thank the Lord that I didn't. But uh, when I was... When I was at this party and I was drunk and I felt like I had literally hit rock bottom, I realized it was like there's got to be so there's got to be something more to life than just being alone. Like I cannot be alone, and that was like one of my biggest fears at the time. I was like I can't be alone. I just cannot be alone. That's why I tried to hook up with so many different people, so many different girls, like in college, and uh, so I came back from school for Christmas break and Thanksgiving break because they were combined at the time because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And Ray had invited me to Access in January. And Ray and I are good friends. And so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go. You're my good friend. So, and also all throughout college, I never attended church. I never watched the service online, never did anything. Like, I completely abandoned Christianity. Like, completely abandoned it. And so Ray invited me to Access, and I went, and uh, I don't honestly remember, Jake spoke, and I honestly don't remember a single thing that was said, or that was done. All I remember is, after service, like, during the entire service, I had my arms crossed, 
and slouched over like in my chair and I had not a single care in the world. So then we got into community groups and I didn't say a word and I was listening and I was like, I could say something, but I like didn't really feel like I had a place to say anything because mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not a very good person. Uh, but at the same time, I was like being really mean and rude to Ray because at the time, like that's what our friendship kind of was, was like just teasing back and forth. But little did I know, like, in their community, like, loving and honoring each other was, like, a huge thing. I didn't know that. So, uh, they, I found out after, like, I had given my life to the Lord that they did not like that at all. <laughs> and they were like, you were a jerk. I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, I was like, hey, Ray, uh, so Ray drove me back to her house, because that's where I met her, and I was like, because I, no, I had no idea where I was going. And, uh, so she drove me there, we went back, um, and she was like, so what'd you think? And I was like, yeah, it was good. She's like, you should come again sometime. I was like, okay, I can't, like, the rest of this month, because I'm working on Thursday at Chick-fil-A, and she's like, okay, but when you can, you should come again, let me know. I was like, okay, I will. And so the rest of the month, I didn't go. And then February 4th, I was like, hey, Ray, I can go to Access tonight, I don't work. Mm -hmm. And I started my new job. What, just as a quick question, what what brought that to your mind? Like, why did you think to yourself, oh, I could go to Access? Because I was thinking, if you didn't go for a month, if you went from zero interest in, in more Christianity, did you, yeah. did you feel like it was God moving your heart? Or did you feel like it was just like, you just saw I something? I didn't view like, it that way. Oh. I didn't view it that way. I kind of just saw it as like, Ray had been inviting me, and I like couldn't go. And I felt obligated as a friend to go with her because I'm more I, like guilty or something. Yeah, like, no, because gonna, yeah. of what she was going through at the time. I was like, okay, I'm her friend and I should be there for her. Yeah. Okay. So little did I know that that night my life would change and that I would hit a brick wall like a train. <laughs> like just bam! <laughs> Smack! <laughs> like you hit in a fly swatter right in the fly and you're like, wake up! Hello! <laughs> Hello! <laughs> And so it was like a wake-up call from the Lord, but I didn't know that, like, that day. Yeah. And so I'm getting done with the work, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to, like, i got to go. It's, I like, I might be late. And he's like, okay, it's, you can go. We're done. Yeah. And so I left work, and uh, so I met Ray at, yeah, I met Ray at the church. And I was like, hey, Ray, how's it going? And all of her friends said hi. And I was like, hey, guys. And like, oh, you came back? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm just going to try it out again. And. Um, so I'm worshiping there and I'm around all these people who have their hands raised and they're on their knees and Jared is like right behind me laying on the floor and I'm like this guy is insane you all be like all you people are insane because I never grew up charismatic I just yeah. grew up traditional and uh, but when Pastor Jake's cousin-in-law came and spoke and it was during the real talk sex and God mm -hmm. and just like what he was saying about like the only thing that's ever going to satisfy your life truly, that's ever going to fill you up truly, is Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. And I thought about that, and I was like, oh my. <laughs> and I realized, like, my entire life I've been living to satisfy myself with the things of the world mm -hmm. instead of someone who can actually truly satisfy me. Because that's what I was looking for. I was looking for something to fill a void that was in my heart that I could not seem to fill that I was trying to fill through pornography and hooking up with girls and smoking and drinking and like doing all these different things. And it was crazy. And that night I like 
I texted my youth pastor. I was like, yo, we got to talk. I want to get baptized. Like, I want to give my life to the Lord. And so that weekend I did, but I didn't get baptized. But that weekend I gave my life to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, then come March 22nd was when I got baptized at Met by Love at 1130 at night. It was so cool. My parents didn't see it, but I got a video of it, and I shared it with them, and my mom was crying, and my dad was crying. It was just really, really cool. And so from that point on, I realized relationship with the Lord is so, so important because when you live in the things of the world, you're you're trying to fill a void in your heart that cannot be filled by anything of the world. But when Jesus comes into your life, he ultimately fills that void, and you literally don't need anything else to fill it. So it's it's like you trying to fill in drywall, like you use plaster, right? It's like you're trying to fill it with water. <laughs> it's never gonna it's never gonna cut like it's always gonna drain out. Yeah, so it's gonna wow. fill it for it's gonna cover it for a temporary amount of time, but at some point it's just gonna spew out and the hole's still gonna be there. Right. But when you put plaster over it and something that will actually seal it, then that void is filled mm. and that's and Jesus Christ is that plaster on that uh, what is it drywall yeah. on that drywall mm, so you're the drywall Jesus is the plaster he puts it all over your heart and you're like oh my goodness it feels so good <laughs> <laughs> I love that uh, that's great so oh, yeah that's relationship with the Lord to me personally and yeah. for me personally is seeing him as your friend Jesus is the Lord of your life. He is your best friend. He is the guy you can go to when you need anything. And I mean anything. Like, if you have a... It could literally be the stupidest question. Like, Jesus, I don't know what I'm doing right now. And he'll be like, here you go. Yeah. I got you right now. That's right. And God is your father. You literally can talk to him like a father. You can be like, hey, father, I need you right now. Yeah. And he's going to be right there. And the Holy Spirit is a resource that you can use to help speak to people and to pray like he is the reason why we, like he is our prayerful helper or whatever you want to however you want to word that um and just like understanding that was the pinnacle of like me understanding what relationship with the lord looks like and what true christianity is that's so great oh my word what a cool story yeah i love that it's that's nuts. so wow when did um when did you like fully understand like what relationship with the Lord was like? Well, I think that we should both say clearly for our audience that we have not figured it out. No. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. But we are trying. Um, okay, so let's see. So when did me, you realize you needed one? There we go. I was eighteen. Yeah, okay. I was eighteen years old. Uh, we so I, as I said, I've been Christian, you know, and growing up in house of faith my whole life and then we moved to Alaska and uh, I really felt like it was this very strange thing because w- when we were in Alaska I went through this period of time from probably like four from like probably 12 to probably 15 where I really felt split down the middle where I was part of me truly wanted to be involved in church I really wanted to dedicate my life to God and, and live that type of life I was praying and I was living my life and doing my thing, you know. But there was also this other half of me that, very much like you, was very attracted to the world. And I was like, this isn't fun. This is not easy. This is not, you know, challenging. I I want something that's exciting and I want to live this fast life, you know. 
And so I, it was just very weird because I was growing up in a very small town and small area, so there was not that many type of uh, opportunities to get involved with stuff like that. I also did not go to public school. I was homeschooled. And so being around my family all the time, I believe, saved me from a lot of stuff, you know, from a lot of regrettable, regrettable mistakes and uh, issues that could have popped up their ugly head. Um, but I would say that probably from that period of time, I was involved in church. Um, and I, let's see, I'm trying to remember exactly how it happened. I went to Kenan Bible Church, which was a, a small, non-denominational church for several years. And then we had this time where we kind of were like, okay, I think that God kind of wants us to move. We need to find some new churches. And so I've actually been to quite a few churches over the course of my life. Um, when I was little, really little, we went to Joplin Family Worship Center, which is in now, I don't even, I don't remember if it's a church anymore or not, but it's in Missouri. Then we moved and we started going to a break, so the, that church split, and so then we went to another church. And then after that, we went to another church called Frisco, and then we went to Alaska, we went to Canada Bible Church, and then we went from multiple different churches trying to find the right church. And then we went to Soldat and Church of God for like a year and a half. And then we went back to Canada Bible Church. So I've been all over the place with churches. Wow. So I've gotten a lot of flavor from, you know, different variety and style and types of churches, you know. That's crazy. And then now, then when we moved here, we started going to Jared First and now we go to Res Life. And so, and well, and, but for about eight months or so, then we went to River of God. But then after and during high school, I felt like there was this sort of, it was very strange. Like I said, I really felt like I had a, d a divided mind where I really was attracted to the church, but I didn't see it going anywhere. I didn't see any growth. I didn't see anything new. I didn't th see anything exciting. I felt like it was just monotonous and boring and dull, basically. And that's just such a negative, unfortunate thing that I did because if I could have gone back, I would tell myself, God is so vibrant. He is so alive. He is exploding. There are things that you can do to get involved with him. You're just not doing it. You're choosing to look at him as this dark overlord who's just overbearing and is just like demanding his workers to put in their time, you know. And if you look at it like that, that is what you're going to see. You're going to see church and Christianity as a drudgery. It is just something that you have to do. And if I could go back, I would change that, but I didn't. And so I'm choosing to, you know, live as best I can right now. So what I did over that time period of probably between 16 to um, I was probably 18 and a half I went from okay middle of the road Christianity to flat out bad I was like I didn't care about people I, I kind of had the same like mental state as kind of what you were doing you just literally felt like I don't care just I'm trying to get through my life you know mm -hmm. I don't have time for people I don't have time for their nonsense I'm worried about numero uno yep. and so I became very self-obsessed you know I was uh, wanting to move I was wanting to go do my own stuff and so I was living my life I also was heavily addicted to something and uh, was keeping that a major secret because I felt like if I if people found out about it you know I'd be ostracized and made fun of and you know all this stuff so it was a major secret, and uh, uh, then after I graduated, there was I was a, I had really not been living well. I was incredibly overweight. 
Um, I was a stress eater, and I was full of stress because I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. I didn't have anyone to turn to to, to express my stress. And so I ate very, very much and uh, rarely exercised. So mm -hmm. I was incredibly overweight and uh, not healthy, not living well. And uh, so my body was a mess physically. <laughs> my mind was a mess because I was addicted to this stuff, and it was warping my mind. And then emotionally I was stressed because I was going to church and then going home and hiding my addictions and, you know, like frantically trying to keep up this persona of, I'm okay, I'm okay. I am not upset, I'm fine, <laughs> you know. And, and so, yeah, I was, um, I was 18 and I really felt like my mind is just melting. Like I cannot keep up with this anymore. I've mm. got to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. And so um, I was 18 and I just basically just kind of had like a mental breakdown and I just fell apart and I just I went home one day and I literally felt like I just broke I my body just broke my mind just broke and I just uh, cried for like I'm gonna say almost three hours just oh my straight. goodness how did you have enough water I know it was awful <laughs> I just I could not get to hold it anymore I just felt like my life is terrible I gotta figure this out hmm. And so I just poured myself out to God and just, you know, uh, expressed all my sorrow for what I had done and, you know, all the stuff I'd done. And so I dedicated my life to him after that, you know, and became a Christian and got very serious with Christianity and, you know, uh, really wanted to change my life. So things were going very well, and I was very excited about how things were going. So for about two years, I made some major decisions about my life. So I uh, joined a gym, and I lost, like, uh, almost 85 pounds. So that was great. Yeah, I've so seen your before like, and after pictures, dude. It's insane. Yeah, so I, you know, that was wonderful. And then I got a job, and I was like, okay, now I've got, I've got steady income. I've got good health. Then I got involved with church, and I became their bass player slash worship leader. So I was like, all right, my church life is flourishing now. I got rid of some people that were, you know, not good in my life. And I was like, okay, I'm making positive changes. And so uh, I basically just kind of maintained everything I'd been working for except my addiction got deeper and deeper and deeper mm -hmm. and so then because of that uh, I felt <laughs> even more stressed out because I felt like wow like people are noticing my change like people were commenting me they're like wow Andrew you are different like you're a different guy and I felt like yeah I'm a man and uh, I am also hiding a horrible sin that I don't want any of you to know about because if you did, you would think, wow, that guy is a loser, you know? And so over that year, I was like, okay, I've got, I've got to figure this thing out, you know? But uh, then we moved. We moved to, you know, from Alaska to, to Michigan, and I was very excited about that. But then things in my home life were very different at that time, very difficult. And there was just a lot of discord in terms of uh, my relationship with my mom and my brothers, and uh, things were just not going well. I had some, um, I was suffering with a major problem of unforgiveness. Hmm. I was full of anger, just mm, full of it, and I, uh, I could not seem to let it go, and I chose not to let it go, and so I held so many people accountable for stuff that they did not need to be held accountable for. So I, I mean, I could, I would be in a location, I remember this very clearly, I would be some doing a job, a random thing, or just like whatever, uh, a hobby, a job, just living life, and just someone would just come into my mind, and I would just feel like, I hate that person. I can't believe what they did to me. 
and this thing that this person did to me was like from 10 years ago something that was very small not huge not some major issue was it wrong of this person did this yeah i mean it was wrong they shouldn't have done that but i should not remember what someone did like 10 years ago and hate them for that you know and just just be boiling at this person and i feel like my brothers and my mom really suffered for that you know they were like andrew you are just hate filled like like what is wrong with you like you've got to learn to let that go it was kind of like i realized that there's something wrong with me and that holding on all this anger is wrong and I'll never forget this. I'll, I'll never forget it uh, until I die. Uh, I went to church. We were going to Jira first. And I went to a service. And the pastor was talking about learning to let go. And he said, you all people want to know something? And everyone was like, yeah. He said, you know, I've been studying birds. Birds are interesting. And uh, God is an amazing designer. And he designed birds different than humans. Pull out your hands. So we all held out our hands. And he was like, okay, so how do you? how is your hand right now and most hands were you know kind of semi-relaxed their fingers were mostly outstretched and kind of like that you know but a little slightly curved you know he said do you know how birds are naturally how, how they how they are with their hands or with their uh, their claws and everyone was like no and he's like you looked up the pictures of birds and every single bird you ever see they have their hands closed like this just clenched tight mm. and he's like you see that isn't that interesting he said do you see this and he, and he starts talking about this eagle. And he said, you know, in Alaska, there are bald eagles. Bald eagles love salmon. And I was like, oh, I know about this. Yeah, I've seen this happen before. He said, did you know that bald eagles, their most common reason for dying is they drown? Because they swoop down and they see food. They see something that they want. And they grab hold of it. And they don't let go. And they would rather fight and die and drown because they are holding on to something that's so heavy they will not let go they refuse to let go and you will walk along the shore and you will see dead bald eagles that have been washed ashore because they tried to take on something that was too big and instead of being humble realizing what they did was they grabbed a too big meal they will not let go and they would rather drown than just let go and he said, and I think some of you are doing that right now. Some of you all are drowning because you will not let go. Hmm. Let go. And I felt like my spirit just was like, whoa, word, that is me. I am drowning right now. Oh, my and so Exactly. I was like, oh, man. And all these people just came into my mind like this person, this person, this person. Like 50 people just came into my mind. And I was like, I have to forgive them right now. And so I did. I, I basically had that realization, like, I have to let these these sins that these people, you know, performed against me go. I've got to let that go. And so I did. I just was standing there, and I just I just said, God, I forgive them. And uh, it was like this, <laughs> it was amazing. It was like this gigantic mountain just fell off me, and I was like, wow, oh, my word, I feel so good. And it was at that second that my mom, who I was standing beside, turned around and looked at me, and she smiled, and she said, I've been praying for you this whole time. And she just reached out and just gave me this big hug, and I was like, I didn't tell her anything. Your because, mom is incredible. Because I didn't need to. She knew. I don't know how. I don't know if God revealed it to her. I don't know if there was a... I, I don't know. But she knew 
what I had done. And I was like, you, you won't believe it. Like, I forgave her. And she was like, yeah, I know. I know you did. And I'm very happy for you. Now you're going to find freedom. And I was like, wow. So, yeah, that was incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. And so since then, I have uh, not suffered with the depression. I've not suffered with any of those, you know, unforgiveness. And, and that's just an amazing thing. And it doesn't mean that uh, I never suffer with bad thoughts and I never suffer with anger. But it does mean that I have never held people so accountable that it's like I've allowed that to fall over me again mm. you know because I, under I understand that when you don't forgive those people when you just hold on to that for forever mm. you drown you know you literally are killing yourself when you do that and it's kind of like what we were talking about in access you know and that's just basically what I solved yeah. so now my relationship with Jesus is that I have a fully devoted my life to him I understand that he's my savior and my lord and then all of the other aspects included in uh, what he gives me and what he offers me. We want you to find that out for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, and you can. And, it, and I also understand that God is, he is the all-powerful judge. He is holy, righteous, but he is so compassionate, mm -hmm. we cannot begin yeah. to understand that. Yeah. And that there is a standard. There is a, there is a, a, a moral framework and that moral framework will determine, you know, how we live our lives. And unless you come under that, you won't find freedom. Because you're, as you very eloquently said, you're trying to fill a hole with something that does not stay in the in the mm -hmm. in the hole. Yeah. You know, it's just going to flow out everywhere. And so that's what I felt like we were trying to do. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I am with my life right now, mm -hmm. with trying to figure out my relationship with Jesus. Yeah, it relationship with Jesus is something that's like it's so special. And unique to each individual person so it doesn't have to look like everybody else's I right. thought that for like so long it's like okay I have to like have like this has to be part of my relationship with you like some things are like common sense like you don't take prayer out of your relationship with Jesus to make it different it's the way you go about your relationship with Jesus mm -hmm. typically you're gonna have the same like aspects like reading scripture praying having a group of friends that you can actually like talk about these things with confession like living your life for the glory of the Lord. Like, those are things that Christians do in relationship with Jesus. But how you do it is what differentiates yourself from, like, differentiates your relationship with Jesus from my relationship with Jesus. That kind of thing. Yeah. So it's, like, if you have questions or if there's, like, something cool that you found out about relationship with Jesus, I'd love to hear about it. I'd love to know. Um something that like a helpful tip uh, that you learned or anything like that like we love hearing that kind of stuff because Christians help each other Christians help other Christians grow in their relationship with Jesus mm -hmm. that's what we're there for yeah. we're never alone you are never alone in anything that you are doing someone is always there looking over you and mm -hmm. he's right there God is right there with his hand stretched out wide saying I'm right here ready for you to take hold of my hand when you're ready that's right so uh, Andrew, I'm not going to lie, that was really good. Thank you. That's and cool. that was That's just, great. man, the testimonies that were shared, like, the testimonies that were shared were just awesome. Uh, testimonies are an amazing thing uh, in an amazing way to display the glory of the Lord. Right. And it's, oh, it's so good. Such good stuff. Yeah. So, um, guys, thank you so much for listening. And to close out this awesome, incredible episode of Al for the Soul... We have a special shout-out to yes. Samantha Johnson. From our last podcast, Andrew shared about his most, like, 
and we shared about our most like intense spiritual moments and Samantha Johnson has been listening to all has listened to all three of our podcasts and she has uh, commented on two of them saying how much she loves them and Samantha we appreciate your support we appreciate the listens that you have and she shared a story in the comments on SoundCloud on our third episode that we posted uh, the rabbit trails one so we I would really encourage you I read it this afternoon to read through this testimony and like this story spiritual like spiritually intense story that she posted it was really cool Samantha Johnson we appreciate the comment that you posted uh, on our SoundCloud and we have some exciting news we figured out the kink with Spotify we're gonna get this on Spotify and we're working on YouTube too yes we are growing guys and we love the support that you have the Lord has truly blessed us in this podcast. Amen. Oh, my word. It's so exciting. Being yeah. able to see that, even if, like, I, I'm telling you right now, and this is an inside moment to our to our lives, I told Brian at the beginning of this project, if we can help one person in their relationship with Jesus, then we have more yeah. than accomplished our goal. And yep. we are so thankful that not only are we helping one person, we're helping more people. Hmm. The more people you share this with, the more people that you listen to this with, the more people that you tell about this podcast, the more people we can help. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we can do this for free is an incredible blessing, and God yes. has been so kind to us to enable us to do this. Uh, it's our honor to yeah. be able to talk to you and our, to just be able to share the love of Jesus with the world and uh, to have a partner do this. This is yeah. amazing. So it's I'm just so fun. So thankful. So it's thankful. so fun. Yeah. yeah, we're thankful for everyone that you. For everyone that listens, we are up to 85 total listens. So as a starting podcast with only four episodes, two guys who have never done this before, I think we're doing a pretty darn good job. We are so So thankful. we're killing oh, it right now. It's amazing. We're loving it. We're going to update our equipment, and uh, yes. we are just being blessed continually. And we are here to bless you guys with some fun, deep entertainment. Yes. Oh, my word. In podcast form. Ryan, thank you for joining me this evening. Oh, Andrew, thank you for having me over. So, hey guys, pay attention to this uh, social medias. We are going to be posting uh, when our podcasts are going to be posted. Yes. And we are going to try and be a little more active on there. We're going to try and have like set dates for when the podcasts are coming out. So pay attention to that. We haven't figured it out quite yet. Mm -hmm. So we're still in the learning process. We appreciate your patience with us. We are going to get this down packed, I yes. promise you. Yes. Because we really enjoy doing this and we really enjoy just talking to you guys and talk and having conversations. So Exactly. And it's incredible. In such a short amount of time we went from two guys who have never recorded anything on one microphone to yep. now we have a multi microphone system yep. with a soundboard on a computer on two podcast sites. Yep. And now we're looking to our third. Yep. That's incredible. God has yeah. been so kind to us. He has. Wow. So, yeah. Well, may you be blessed and encouraged. And we can see you all Peace. Peace.